This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, it is that time of year. Yesterday was one month until Christmas. I've seen a few cars driving around with a Christmas tree strapped to the roof. And that is why we are going to take some time to take a look at what Aunt Leah's Place does. And each year they sell thousands of Christmas trees. And that brings in a lot of the funds that provides care for young mothers, for people who age out of care. And we'll talk more about that in just a couple of seconds. And a bit later on this half hour, I want to let you know, we have some very practical uh, advice on what to do when picking the tree, how to pick the perfect tree, how to care for it, how to make sure it gets you through the holiday season. So we have that uh, coming up. But first, we are joined by Devin Greening, who is a former foster teen, now a social entrepreneur, and Drew Stewart, who is the Director of Development at Aunt Leah's. Thank you so much uh, to both of you uh, for joining us uh, this morning. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Good yeah. morning. Um, Devin, we'll get to you in just a second because, Drew, I want you to first tell us a little bit. For people that aren't familiar with Aunt Leah's, uh, you guys do great work. Uh, tell us a bit more about what you do. Yeah, so Aunt Leah's has been uh, working with youth aging out of care and moms in need who are uh, at risk of losing custody of, of their children due to homelessness. We've been doing that work for uh, next year. It'll be 30 years. So in terms of... Uh, Charities and nonprofits in in Vancouver. That's a, that's a really long time. Uh, one of our biggest uh, fundraisers of the year and our one of our biggest social enterprises is uh, Tree Lots, and so uh, that funds a lot of the work we do. We know there's a huge connection between youth aging out of care and future homelessness, um, and so it's a real sort of upstream proactive um, intervention that we we try to do to forego that. Yeah. And 30 years is a long time, but I think this is an area as well that we've seen so many times where there's that huge gap. It seems people are in care, uh, they're getting supports, and then suddenly you turn 19, and for many people, there's there's no place to turn. Yeah, so what's happening in the general population with, um, you know, with kids who, who, who have parents is that they're getting those supports uh, uh, extended beyond 19 and into early adulthood just because uh, the economic situation situation has changed in terms of getting into housing markets, getting jobs. Um, young people uh, need to stay in school longer. They need to build up a nest egg of uh, resources and skills longer. So we know that for, for young people from the last census, ages 20 to 24, um, fully 60% of those young people are still at home um, you know, in comparison to that, young people from foster care in BC, they lose those supports at 19. So we know from like the last Metro uh, uh, Vancouver homelessness count that just came out in September of this year, we know that uh, 48% of those young people that they found were homeless um, on the street. 48% of them had some connection with the foster care system previously in their in their life. All right, uh, Devin, I'll bring you in on the conversation now, Hi. too. Hello, good morning. Uh, good morning. Tell me a bit about uh, your experience and and your experience with Aunt Leah's. My experience, um, as in just, like, life stuff? Or? Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, um, I left home at 17. Um, you know, I lost contact with uh, my biological family after that. I didn't know my dad's side, but my mom's side. Um, after that, uh, being on my own, I had no resources or, you know, idea of where to go eat um, or get anything, honestly. Um, also, 2007, I was very, very young and proud and naive, and so it took me a long time to be, you know, making mistakes and 
screwing up, and <laughs> eventually I found um, Directions You Services, BYRC, um, in all the, at Leah's place eventually. I found all these resources, and each one of them kind of changed me along the way. And here we are today. <laughs> and that's when I decided to make Spoons Up. <laughs> all right. And what, would, what was it about Aunt Leah's that helped, or how did that have an impact on your life? Well, I, I met Aunt Leah's uh, place when I was 23, I think. So this was 2013. Um, I, I, this was after my BYRC and Directions experiences and all that. And, um, well, after I kind of was almost aging out of their, you know, there's 24 and under, after I was about to age out from that, Aunt Leah's was like, well, you can keep coming here and you can access services here and learn about things here. And I was like, well, sure, that sounds interesting. And then I, I built so much rapport with the people there and I just really liked it. And then one thing led to another. All right, and and Drew, is that is that a uh, not not to use the word common, but is that the goal that people that 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 just need a little bit need some support, need some place to go, need need something to to keep them and to help them? Yeah, Aunt Leah's doesn't spend a lot of time um, sort of rubbing our hands and wondering like what what we should be doing. We just look at average Canadian families and we say, you know, there's the model. So the Aunt Leah's model of care is a family model. So we say to the young people who do age out of care and reach out to us that, you know, we will be there. There's not an age limit, um, whether it's 19, 24, 26, 30. Um, we're, we're there and there's whatever we can give, we we will give. Yep. And is it things like helping with rent or helping to find a place to live for, and, and the, the basic basic necessities of life? Yeah, we, we try and triangulate it in three general ways. One is housing. Housing is huge right now. Um, you know, I think that lots of people are struggling uh, with housing, not just youth from care. So that is primary, primary. And so we do have some interventions we can do that, do there um, in different ways. And then there's also education and employment, which is really important. Um, we know that educational outcomes and employment outcomes could be a lot better from youth from care. So we spend a lot of time on that. And then also just life skills. So um, just those things that maybe. Um, Maybe we take uh, granted for what our parents sort of give give us. Uh, our parents give us through, uh, you know, through life lessons. We try and pass those on through life skills training. And Devin, what was the biggest challenge for you when trying to get services? Was it was it finding housing? Was it was it having enough money to go grocery shopping? What was it's the biggest? That too, yeah. and I would also say my own pride. <laughs> <laughs> As salty as that sounds, it, it, I, I was very proud and, and very, you know, maybe embarrassed, I guess, at the time about wanting to get help or, you know, even telling close friends about my situation and stuff. Um, it's only years later that I'm, like, more humbled about what I actually had to endure alone, completely alone, um, and I don't want other people to have to go through that. Uh, have you, uh, I, I introduced you as a social entrepreneur, and I apologize, I don't know much more about what that is, but how did you, how did you get down that path and get to where you are now? Well, I mean, you know, I had to suffer through some of it, I would say. Um, um, and as I, as the years went by, I, I, Aunt Leah definitely gave me more, more, you know, strength to, to find what I wanted to do. My vices, I guess you could say, um, yeah, Drew, Drew honestly helped me a lot too. And I just wanted to make like this website spoons up to kind of give back to my province, to give back to the youth of today. Cause, cause we didn't have that 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Drew, the tree lot, sorry, uh, Drew, the tree lot you mentioned or the lots that Aunt Leah's had, uh, this is a huge part of the fundraising. Are you seeing the need grow as well in, as far as the number of people that you help? Yeah, it, it, it really has grown. Um, and going back to the whole housing comment I was saying before, they're, they're, we really see that and we see that young people are really reaching us, out to us with regards to that particular issue. Um, so in terms of... Uh, 
what we can do to help the tree lots are a big part of that. Um, in terms of the numbers of young people we work with um, uh, who age out of care every year, they've just grown sort of exponentially year over year. Just before the break, we were chatting with the director of development at Aunt Leah's and a former foster teen who was helped by Aunt Leah's. And joining us now uh, to talk more about the five Christmas tree lots that Aunt Leah's has, and as we mentioned, that brings in a lot of their funding, uh, is Angelina Oates. Angelina, thank you so much for taking some time with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, there are five lots. We'll get into the locations uh, for people to get. Are they all open now and, and filled with trees? Yes, we made it through a grand opening weekend, so this is happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One of the concerns I hear from people is it's too early and people are afraid that their tree will be dried out by Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Well, it all depends on what kind of tree they get. Uh, different trees have different needle retention, and we have about four or five trees on the lot that have really great needle retention, and they'll make it through until Christmas time. There's a couple of them that we don't really push for another week or two because they, you know, they're going to drop more needles. Okay, so which are the ones, if you're looking for needle retention, what do you want to go for? You want to go for a noble fir or a uh, Fraser fir, really great trees, alpine if you like the skinnier trees, um, and we also have some of the Nordmans are out there too. All right, and what about, do they all smell great, or what if you really want that Christmas tree smell? All except for one. We have uh, six trees that smell amazing, like pine or citrus, and one tree, which is a Nordman, which is not as smelly, and he's, we bring him in for a reason. We bring him in for people that have allergies or really can't, don't really like that really strong, overpowering smell of Christmas trees. <laughs> that makes sense, especially <laughs> in, in uh, Metro Vancouver, where a lot of people live in a small amount of square footage. It can be yeah. a little overpowering. Yeah, yeah, we have a tree for everyone, we try to say. <laughs> um, and what about caring for the tree and watering it? How do you make it last and last at its best? Over the years, I've heard a lot of people talk about sugar and vinegar and different things inside their water. Uh, I always tell people that's great if, if they want to do that, but we just tell people that water is the key. They need tons and tons of water, especially in the first 24 hours. Once you put a fresh cut in the tree, it's going to drink lots of water and then it will slow down after that. And then you just want to check on it and make sure it never dries out. Once it dries out, your needles are going to start dropping on some of the trees. All right. And when you say fresh cut, when you take it home, do you recut it? Well, no. Uh, well, at some locations they do, but Aunt Leah's tries to do really good on customer service. So they offer every single person a fresh cut themselves. Our volunteers are ready to saw and get big muscles and, and cut off the bottom for every customer. Uh, and from there, you just have to get it in water within one to two hours. Okay, so take it straight home and get it in water. Yeah, even if you're not putting it up, you can just put it in a bucket of water or in your stand and let it drink that water and relax. It will, it'll actually relax after it gets its water and, and it's standing upright um, and gets into the heat a little bit. It'll... It'll fluff up and lighten up. <laughs> very, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a bit, about, if you can, as well, about the volunteers. We were talking earlier about the people, so many people that Aunt Leah's helps. But mm-hmm. if people come to these lots, they're going. there are people that are working there. There are also going to be a lot of volunteers that can help them out. Yeah, we have uh, many, many, almost 600 volunteers this year is going to be helping us run this Christmas tree lot, and that's one of the reasons why we can raise so much money uh, for the foster kids. So uh, if you go on a lot, you're going to be greeted by a volunteer that's been, some of them have been volunteering for 20 years or 10 years, and some of them it's their first time, but um, we have all a great orientation and lots of cheat sheets all around to help customers and help volunteers. <laughs> so even if you show up there with no idea what you want, somebody will be able to help you. Mm-hmm. We have a, a demonstration for us, and you can just look in one spot and get a snapshot of all the trees and kind of narrow it down to your favorites and then go into the actual lot and look at your favorite trees and narrow it down to your favorites.
All right. Uh, what about uh, what is it called? I will fully admit I, I'm going later on today because I've <laughs> decided this year I want to get a real tree. I haven't had Hi. one for a few years, uh, but I have no idea what they cost. What do trees cost these days? Uh, we do it by foot. So the taller the tree, the more the tree is going to cost. And the type of trees, they range from $6 a foot uh, all in between all the way up to $16 a foot, depending on how long it takes for the tree to grow or and also the needle retention. All right. So what's the biggest tree you guys have? Do you know? We have a 12-foot nobles. We have a few of those around on each lot for the people that like the big, tall, girthy trees. That's a big tree. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> you, need a, you need a big room for that tree. <laughs> you do, because it's also uh, tall and it's quite wide. <laughs> if it's, do you know, if it was 12 feet tall, how, what's the span going to be on that tree? Uh, they're, they're all different, but they're probably going to be, I'd imagine, at least half or more. So probably at least, you know, six feet wide. <laughs> All right. And and the good thing for people that to go, and there are the, the tree lots, so the five tree lots, the, the money is going to a very good cause. 100%. Yeah. 100% of the proceeds go to foster kids in the Willow Mainland. All right. Where do you get the trees? Uh, we get, uh, we have about three different suppliers. So two of them come from BC. They actually come from the Kootenays and the other five will come from Washington and Oregon area. The big, big tree farmers out there. All right, because I think that's uh, people have concerns as well, thinking that uh, they're they're part of uh, you know decimating areas of trees. But these trees are grown, aren't they, to be specifically to be holiday to be Christmas trees? Yeah, trees are actually better for the environment, uh, live trees than um, fake trees. A fake tree really only lasts about five years on average, and then most of you know it starts falling apart or something happens to it or you get tired of it. And the, they're not recyclable, so they actually end up in the dump, um, which is not good. So live trees actually give the oxygen, and they have uh, set out farms, and it's a full-on business where they just um, you know make trees and make oxygen for everybody, so it's a lot better environmentally. All right. Um, I'll list through. I'll tell people where the five sites are. Is, is there one that's the biggest site or the one where people will get more selection, say, than at other sites? Are they all pretty much the same? Um, no, they, they do range. The Vancouver lot is one of our longest lots. It's been there for 24 years, so it has it's a larger uh, a larger lot. But they all have the same variety. Um, so, you know, any one of our major lots of Vancouver, Burnaby, uh, Coquitlam, they all have tons of trees. And the smaller lots will still have the variety, just not as many. All right. And you guys are open. Are you open every day now leading up to Christmas? Every single day until our trees are gone, which we're, we, we normally try to wrap up around the 22nd, 23rd area. So people, could, all the volunteers can have an amazing Christmas. That's a good idea. <laughs> Plus, if you, haven't have, if you don't have your tree by the 23rd, really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not really into the spirit then. Yeah, you get a couple Charlie Browns left. There's always those last minute Charlie Brown choppers. <laughs> Do people come looking specifically for Charlie Brown trees? Yes, they do. Yeah, that's uh, we we sell them our interior Douglas, which are natural trees. So they're um, we call them Char- Charlie Browns, but they're really just a natural tree that's never been touched by anybody. So it's not that perfect triangle shape, and it's um, it's stemmed really long and, and kind of lanky. So it looks great, Charlie Brown. <laughs> All right, <laughs> sounds good, Angelina. Thank you so much for uh, joining us and giving us uh, this very good advice and uh, tree care tips. Uh, thank you again, and good luck. I know you'll be busy uh, from now up until the twenty third. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.